Welcome to AgTech Innovators, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Technological advancements are crucial in any industry, and agriculture is no different. However, in Victoria, despite it being one of the major industries, only 2% of startups in the state are AgTech focused. If the sector wants to remain competitive, something needs to change. G'day, I'm Drew Radford and indeed something is changing. Agriculture Victoria is investing in the growth of the Victorian ag tech ecosystem. In this series, we're going to focus on pre-accelerator programs being delivered with the help of Launch Vic. What's it all mean? Well, to find out, I've come to Evoke Ag, which has been held this year in Adelaide. It's the number one event on the national ag tech calendar. And I'm joined in our on-site pop-up AgVic podcast studio by one of the people facilitating the Victorian ag tech push, Mark Sloan. Thanks for your time. Pleasure to be here, Drew. Thanks for having me. Mark, we're going to talk about the project you help lead, which focuses on ag tech innovation. But firstly, you've got one of the longest titles I've ever seen. I think it's Community Project Lead Regional Innovation Network Agriculture Sector Development. It's a big title. What's it mean? My role is involving uh, working with the ag tech ecosystem in Victoria and trying to help facilitate the development of our local ag tech startups. Previously, I've been involved with Agriculture Victoria in the Internet of Things trial and digital ag investment scheme, which is your more farmer-facing funding opportunities, whereas this one is really focusing on the ag tech startups themselves. So you've certainly got a bit of tech on your boots, for want of a better description. You also live in regional Victoria. You got a farming time? Uh, I run some uh, merino ewes and fat lambs from time to time. Um, at the moment, I've got some neighbours just cropping our property at the moment. I think it's an important connection, though, because you're trying to facilitate uh, ag tech startup environment. But unless they can talk the language of farming, never the twain shall meet in some circumstances, I'd imagine. Oh, that's spot on. You know, I think it's really important for the ag tech startups that are coming through the system, not only to be able to connect with their target audience, for want of a better word, but also understanding the pain points of the farming community. I think that's a really important point that some of the ag tech startups that are coming through the system, not just in Victoria, but more widely, that's a really important point that they do miss. And it's great to have a technology solution, but what's its application? And how are you going to tell that story? What's your narrative going to be when you put it in the marketplace? There's a lot of language and jargon around this space, but maybe we should really define what is ag tech? Everybody's got a slightly tweaked version of this from one another. For me, ag tech is everything on the farmer side of the fence gate that is used to improve production outcomes, lower costs if possible, improve quality of life. doesn't have to be necessarily a financial gain, but anything that farmers can get some benefit from. But yeah, it has to be, for me, before the farm gate and yeah, used in primary production. I reckon that's a great definition, you know, to get some benefit from. And it could be simple. I mean, you go back, what would it be, 120 years, stump, jump, plough, whenever it was, that would have been ag tech then, oh. surely. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, because it hasn't got some wires coming in and out of it, uh, hasn't got, you know, some connectivity involved with it. Yeah, definitely. Well, this series, Mark, 
what can people get, expect to hear and get out of this series? Yeah, so in this series, we're really concentrating on informing anybody out there who's got an innovative idea, just really giving them a bit of a, a pathway that they can access to get their ideas off the ground. So we've got a number of initiatives that we're working through as part of this latest program, and one is working with um, several pre-accelerator providers, so Rocket Cedar, SproutX, Farmers to Founders, and we're also working with SVG Thrive, who are running a rolling out a um, an accelerator program on our behalf. I was reading a stat the other day that was saying in Victoria the startups only two percent are agricultural related. So I'm guessing organisations like yours are saying, well, we've got to try and facilitate this, energise this. You know, I'm obviously helping tell those stories, but there's more going on in the background to make it happen. Spot on, Drew. Government sees part of its role as nurturing the ag tech startups that are out there and building our ecosystem in Victoria so that we do have the capacity in the state to um, continue to be innovative. That's our role at the moment. That's where we're at. Like I've said before, we've done the farmer-facing stuff. Now it's time to address the actual ag tech ecosystem locally. AgVic is scooping up a lot here and trying to get a lot of people together and get things working. We're recording this at Evoke Ag. I imagine in that kind of role, a conference like Evoke Ag is really important. What sort of role does it play for you? That's already been a great networking opportunity. And, you know, everybody I speak to kind of reinforces that about these types of events. It's the networks that you create and that you um, connect with. And, you know, it's a big part of being successful. You, you can have a really great idea and you can have good people with your business but it's all about spreading the word I guess. You mentioned startups and how they go about and try and help it out and that's largely what this series is going to be talking about within the Victorian environment and we're going to be interviewing a few organisations that AgVic and other government departments have partnered with. Coming up next in this interview is somebody who's delivering one of those. It's a pre-accelerator program just for the language, can you decode really what that means? Yeah, sure. So the pre-accelerators are really the first step that an entrepreneur will take in formalising their product, really. It's, it just helps those entrepreneurs coming into the ag tech space understand what the market requires, provide some guidance on how to develop your products, encourages you to collaborate with other startups in that pre-accelerator. So it's really just that initial step on the journey with their startup. It sounds like a very important step in terms of testing the idea. Yeah, definitely. And they do a really good job, all the three different pre-accelerators. I've spent a bit of time with all of them. They all do a really good job on helping the entrepreneurs actually identify where their product fits, if it fits. Lastly, Mark, what do you hope people get from this series? I really hope that we reach out to people and they could be farmers listening to this you know, going about a day's work in a tractor. Anybody that has an idea that they think is relevant to agriculture, has an application, is solving a problem, really hope that this series provides them with some pathways to explore that idea. That's Mark Sloan from Agriculture Victoria. And as he mentioned, there's several organisations they've partnered with to help foster ag tech startups. To find out more, I caught up with Sprout X Program Manager, Maxi Juang. 
Sproutix started up out as Australia's first agriculture tech accelerator program. And what this means is we empower the humans behind the food and ag tech sectors through commercialization support. So what does that mean? It means we catalyze and supercharge connections between anyone who's anyone within this space. So say like Australian founders, investors, industry mentors, academia, agribusinesses, industry bodies and governments to get this entire sector at the forefront of the ag tech world stage. And I understand it involves a lot of players. It's not just like one business. There's a lot of people funding this and backing it and involved. That is absolutely correct. So what Sproutix does is because we are in the epic center of all of these and we're able to sort of see a trend, a way that we can best support this community forward, a lot of these players end up having a very common goal agree on common challenges and also strategies tend to align together as well. So hopefully that paints a little bit of a picture of how everyone works together in the scene. You run a number of programs. and I understand one of your roles is to do with the business of agricultural program. What does that actually do? This is essentially a 101, if you will, of dipping your toes into the pond of agri-tech. So anyone, say if you're coming from a software development background, you're someone who comes from a family that's been working in produce markets, or say you are a law student that sort of wants to understand a little bit better on, say, IP or legal issues within this particular sector, and you have an idea of how to innovate and get things working a little bit better in this sector. Business of Agriculture is where we all meet together and we run them through a 10-week free program to equip them for their own self-curated map to guide them in their journey into the sector. You said they're self-curated. So that must mean the structure varies from person to person or is there some key aspects that are common across it? Yeah, that's a very good question. So there's definitely a theme that we do follow in terms of what they need to do. First, they need to understand who's who in a zoo, the sort of people they can expect to come across, what their individual interests are. Then we walk them through the basics of how to refine all the wonderful ideas that our future founders have and the methodology on troubleshooting and stress testing them. We also equip them with the resources and tools to say, for example, you know, budgeting, uh, having an expectation that somewhere down the line you need to learn finance modeling as well, what kind of legal support that you probably can have because agriculture is so broad. So this is where we would help the founders a little bit less than they help themselves to drive the sort of direction that they want to take it to. So we open doors for them. We guide them through, pass them on to our industry experts, mentors, and friends in the ecosystem. And then we sort of guide and stay alongside them as they initiate those conversations themselves. So that is the self part and the self-curated sort of uh, kind of support that they like to see from Sparadex. But we will definitely have a very clear framework on the order of things. I know it's 10 weeks, uh, <laughs> which is very short, but we also try to allow for a little bit of time for the future founders to work on their own data, say like pitches, the little black book that they want to curate for themselves, etc. 
there was a couple of terms in there, Maxie, that I just wanted to get clear, and I think you actually made one of them clear, future founders. So that's what you basically label people who go through the program, is it? Yes, correct. And the opening of doors for them, it must require then very strong connections across a broad section within the agricultural industry. Yeah, absolutely. And we are very fortunate enough to have a huge and supportive community from all parts of ag tech. And don't forget, these people with their own ambition and interest would also bring through their network as well. So what we do is we actually separate into two lead mentors for our program. There's a startup parts, but there's the agriculture part. Startup heavily focused on the commercialization. But when it comes to the science, the complexity, the deep rabbit holes of the agriculture sector, this is where we lean into the wonderful and brilliant minds of the agriculture or ag tech space. So we're fortunate enough to be able to just use the Spratic's name to say, hey, I have someone who's really interested in this space. This is a brief that we have prepared for them. And this is the sort of queries that they're looking to get answered. Can you support? And most likely all of the time, they will be able to share through a bit of their expertise. There's a lot of interest in this space and everyone comes from a very, you know, like ecosystem build as opposed to a consultancy view. So there's a lot of love in this industry. I get the impression too, there's a lot of testing of the ideas. Is it sometimes coming down to, yeah, well, that's a great idea, but what problem are you solving? Is that part of the process? Oh, 100%. And it sometimes, you know, like really frustrates us to see some future founders or for other programs, founders who's gone through and have got bad advice and have decided to divert their capital in ways that does not sustain them in the long run. So us in an early stage space play a very important role of having hard but necessary truths as well and happy to share that a lot of the personalities that come through are all resilient founders who are people who are able to separate the business and the person to be able to say cool let's put everything on the table look at it and work at it together we've had founders who's come through our main accelerator programs and pivoted six times so in a span of six months that's once every month (laughs) so that's kind of like this is the best place for you to fail fast so that you can and rebuild yourself up in a sustainable way that you can go out into the market post Sproutix. We've also had founders who's come through and wanting to do everything at the same time. And so what Sproutix does is we would lay out all options to say, if you're going down path A, B versus C, this is probably you know the sort of people that you need to speak to, to be able to realize this idea. And these are also, you know, views that does not support what you think, but we're just going to provide all of them for you to think about it yourselves. You mentioned pathways there, which leads me to beyond the program. So what pathways exist for startups once they've completed the Business of Agriculture program? We do have another accelerator program, which takes a span of six months. So this program is actually where after business of agriculture with a 10K 
equity-free funding that we will be able to give these entrepreneurs to kickstart their startup. We then are able to funnel them through to the accelerator program where we turn the heat a little up and to get them to start commercializing, which means an intensive period of exposure in front of investors, potential partners, probably suppliers as well for them to tinker and sandbox their ideas and start peddling it in front of the governments, in front of agri-corporates, in front of investors. And then hopefully, if they are also interested in this, being able to go global as well, which we're able to patch them through to our wonderful friends across the world in getting them a foothold into the foreign market. Maxie, you certainly got a lot going on there, and it sounds like a bit of a pressure cooker situation too, in terms of you really prod and pull and test all of those things. Maxie Juong from Sprout X, in charge of their Business of Agriculture program, thank you for taking the time and joining us for this AgTech Innovators podcast. Thank you so much, Drew. Lovely chatting to you. Thank you for listening to AgTech Innovators. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government.